Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful Round Town, USA. We're at a couples counseling meeting. The speaker mentioned that couples are so disconnected that 85% of husbands don't even know what their wife's favorite flower is. Mick turned to his wife and whispered, It's self-rising, isn't it? (laughs) This is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout-out to all spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior, thanking Him for His sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, and we look forward to His soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that has been shed abroad in our hearts and our lives and that we know you in a very deep and personal manner. We ask that your Spirit lead and guide us as we speak to your people today. Help them to understand what you are speaking to this generation and feel your love in a very real way in their hearts. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. The title of this podcast today is A Nation Born in a Day. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm doing really well today. How are you doing? We are happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown <laughs> Roundtown, where all the dogs always mind and the cats are well-behaved. Wow. It's an amazing place. It is. Today, we're going to talk about a nation born in a day. And this is because of a revelation that I received that perhaps what God is about to do is to fill people not only with His Holy Spirit, but to give them a baptism of love at the same time. Mm. We know from salvation experiences in the early 1500s that people used to pray a long time to receive a salvation experience. And when it came, it was a very amazing, profound experience for them. And likewise, in 1901, when the Holy Spirit started coming back to his church, People would pray for sometimes weeks or months to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was very dramatic infilling. What is interesting is that nowadays you can get saved and spirit-filled almost simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to go through an intermediate period from being saved to being spirit-filled. You mean it just all happens at one time. Now, what if... In this day and age, people are going to get saved, spirit-filled, and baptized in God's love, which is basically the completion of being Mm spirit-filled all at one time. And that this special infilling will happen all at once. And suddenly, you'll go from zero to hero in a matter of moments, because God will not only save you, he will spirit-filled you, and you'll give him a tongue. But not only that, you'll be filled with all the fullness of his love. And you'll experience a baptism of love all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, from not knowing God, you'll be the representation of God. And the nation will be born in a day. And suddenly, the man-child of chapter 12, Revelation, will appear. And it will stand up as a fully formed and developed 
body of Christ. Love, the love from above that is God's very nature will fill us and we will be a representation of Jesus Christ all over the world. And that is the end time revival that God speaks of when they say, can a nation be born in a day? The answer to that question is yes. yes. Yeah, I believe that is true, that it is the spiritual fulfillment of that scripture. The scripture that we're referring to is in Isaiah 66, 8. And it says, who's heard such thing? Who has seen such things? Can a land be born in a day? Can a nation be brought forth all at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. That was fulfilled, I believe, on a very practical level when the nation of Israel became a nation again. Exactly, yes. One day there was a vote and they became a nation. So that's the earthly practical application and fulfillment of that verse. But just like just about every scripture has multiple fulfillments and multiple applications, the spiritual one, I believe, can very much relate to what you just said. Because God is at a point right now in history, in an era where he wants to just move on this earth and bring everybody to him that can possibly come. He is in the process now of giving us a foretaste of our inheritance in the new earth and the new heavens. And part of that, the abundance of that, the most beautiful thing about that is the love of God that will dwell with us because the dwelling place of God is with man and God is love. So experiencing God in his fullness, his dwelling in us, automatically connects us to his love. And I can very much see how he wants to do that in this time, come upon people that are unsaved and in a moment, all at once, they're saved, they're filled with the Spirit, and they're baptized in his love. And they're a fully formed part of the body of Christ that can begin to function and carry out everything that God wants them to do. And distributing God's love among the world and representing it to the world is a high calling. And it's what we are really in this day and age called to do. Well, exactly. You know, there is a physical nation of Israel, and that is God's people, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. They are the ones that the promises of Abraham are directed at, and they are the ones that will receive those promises in the future. Yes. But because of Israel's unbelief, they became partially blind, and they were cut off from the natural olive tree, and they were set aside. And God took the Gentiles who would believe and grafted them in, contrary to their nature, into the natural olive tree, which represents God. And for the last 2,000 years, predominantly the Gentiles have been saved. And the Israelites, who rejected their Lord and Savior, have been kicked from pillar to post from all that time. Now, the promises of God are yea and amen. What he said to Abraham will come to pass mm -hmm. for natural Israel. Right. But right now, we're kind of like a placeholder. They wouldn't do it, so we would. And God is doing spiritually with us what he wanted to do naturally with Israel. And so, while they kept a literal Passover we experience salvation. Mm -hmm. While they kept a literal feast of Pentecost, we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. While they kept the feast of tabernacles, we are about to receive a baptism of love that is the antitype of that physical feast that they used to keep. And what's going to happen is that God is going to have his bride from the Gentile church. 
And that's going to be a body of Christ that is like him. You can't put something with a head that doesn't fit, that isn't like the head. You have to have something commensurate with the head so you have one body that is the same. And so that's what God is doing in these latter days. He's making a bride fit and holy so that he can put them together with his son. And we are coming into this right now. And people are being saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit at the same time. People are about to be saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and filled with the fullness of God's love at the same time. And this will be a revival of some gigantic proportions that it will sweep the world as a wildfire of God's beautiful, lovely, gracious spirit. What a beautiful thing that God has planned for this earth and his people. And that is so foreign to what the world experiences right now. We have no concept of what the love of God is really like. The love that we feel as human beings is a very limited earthly love most of the time. It's based on either a biological connection we have to someone, like a parent to a child, or it's based on appreciating somebody and liking someone because of how they treat you or what they do for you. And then you love them. Oh, this lady next door brings me cookies every single day. I just love her. And that's the kind of love that we feel. Well, what if the lady next door instead demanded cookies from you every day? Would you still love her the same way? Human love is very, very flaky and inconsistent. Whereas God's love flows to us all the time, no matter what we're doing, no matter what choices we make, no matter how we act. His love will continue to flow to us. And so as that is being experienced by people, as they come to God and they're saved and they're filled with the Spirit and then filled with this baptism of love, they experience from God first this amazing unconditional love where they just feel like they are adorable. When the love of God comes on you, it just makes you feel not just adored, but it changes the way you see yourself. You start feeling adorable. You start feeling like you are a really precious little kid in God's eyes and that you're special to him and your heart swells with this love that you feel inside you, that you're accepted no matter what. The more you experience that, the natural byproduct of that is for that to flow out of us to the people around us. So as you experience that love of God and that feeling that you are adored and adorable, then you start seeing the world from that same view and you start seeing that other people are adorable and other people are adored by God. And because God's love lives in you, you are also adoring those people. You start to see his creation in a whole new way. You start to understand that he created everything and that by his spirit, it says in the book of Job, he breathed life into man. And as he breathed life into man, It's God's breath in and of himself that gives life to man. It says that in in the book of Job. So we know that every person is created by God and has the life of God in them. And as we see them as God's creation, somebody that he adored and breathed life into, it changes our perspective. But it's not anything we can do in and of ourselves. And we can't just work up, I've got to love people. I've got to love my cranky neighbor who wants me to bring cookies to her every day. Instead, We look with compassion on people and we understand she's had a rough life and she's had a real struggle. And so consequently, she acts like this towards me. And I have compassion for her and understanding that her heart is hurting. And it's not that she necessarily has a problem with me or even if she does have a problem with me, I can let that go and look on her with love and compassion. That's what this world needs. And that's what God wants to pour out on this world because it's the foretaste of the new heavens and new earth. It's what we're going to experience 
when we get to heaven. And he is so excited about us being able to experience this. He wants to give us a taste of it now. Exactly. And this is demonstrated by something that happened on Christmas Day in World War One, where the Germans were on one side of the trenches and the Americans were on the other side of the trenches. Everybody just been killing everybody for months. And suddenly what came over the trench was not a bullet, but a can of spam. Mm. And what ended up happening is that they laid down their arms at that point and they came out of the trenches and they had Christmas together. People that had been shooting each other for the last, I don't know how long, had Christmas together. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And I believe that's a demonstration of what God's about to do. You can't fight unless people will fight. And God is going to fill us with his love. And it's nothing that we do. It's not our love. We're just a container that gets filled up with God's greatness. And God doesn't want to fight with himself. (laughs) So we're just not going to fight. And it's going to be such a tidal wave of love. And there'll be so many people that don't want to fight, that don't want to do evil, that the world will have goodwill towards men and peace on earth. And God will create such a unity in the body of Christ worldwide that they shall know we are Christians by our love one Mm -hmm. for another. Mm -hmm. And we shall be meek and we shall be peaceable. And people will see that and they'll look at the world which is in chaos and trouble and they'll see the peace and the love that we have and they'll say, tell us why. Tell us how. Tell us who. And we will say, it's not by our might, not by our power. It's by his spirit. This is the amazing thing that will make a nation as it were, appear in a very day. God is speaking to you today. If you are hearing my voice, God is calling you. Your spirit says, yes, I want to be part of those people. I want to experience God's love. My life is a mess and I don't know how to fix it. But I want God in my life. And I'm telling you right now, there is nothing you are doing that God is not greater than. God is a huge greater than sign. Every time he puts his greater than sign in your life, he has more than enough to fix what ails you. Anything on God's side is greater than the problem you've got on your side. The love of God shed abroad in your heart heals you and heals those around you. When we were created by God, we were created to experience him and know him and live with him and in him. And the very essence of who God is, is love. And so that very nature, that experience is what we're designed for. And so when we hook up to that and we give into that, it's like getting a chiropractic adjustment of your entire soul and spirit and everything comes into an alignment. Just like when you got saved, you didn't have to do a bunch of works. In fact, for many of us, getting saved entailed letting go of our striving to do works and just accepting what God has freely given us. 
when we were filled with the Spirit, all we had to do was yield to the God that we already knew and allow His Spirit to come and just take us. And it's the same way with the love of God. So many people are so hardened and so broken and so distant from any kind of real love that they can't even imagine what we're talking about here. And they don't know how to obtain it. And it's like everything else. I feel like we have to do something to earn it. But what is required to enable us to earn this has already been done. Yes. Jesus paid the price for us so we can connect to God. And then we receive our salvation. Then we receive the infilling of the Spirit, if we will yield to it, and then we will receive this baptism of love if we will yield to it. Yes, It's not a work. There's no method to it. It comes upon everybody in a very different way, just like when you speak in tongues. I've known people that go up to the altars of a church and pray until they get filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues. I had a friend once who was standing looking at a forest fire burning, and as she was praying and looking at the fire, she was filled with tongues of fire and began to speak in <laughs> tongues. It was a really cool experience That's for her. Cool. So it's different for every person. The same with the infilling of love. It might happen overnight. It might happen in a really powerful way that almost knocks you off your feet. It may just happen as you grow in God and connect to him, but it's a yielding to what God wants to do. When the nation of Israel became a nation in a day, it was a miracle. A bunch of people got together, voted whether or not they should be a nation, and it was an almost unanimous vote, and they became a nation in one day. That's exactly what God wants to do with this. It's a yielding. It's a miracle that happens that is beyond our ability and all we do is yield to it and allow him to love us. It's a joy for him to save us. It's a joy for him to fill us with the Spirit because our bodies are his temple and he longs to live there. Exactly. And it's a joy for him to let us live in the love that we were meant to have. It's just like having a child. And when you have a little baby, you want to love and care for that child. And if something happens that you're separated from that child, you know they're hurting, you know they're crying, you know that they need you. And all you want to do is go grab them and be with them. It's no effort to love the child because that is what is natural to you. That's exactly how God is with us. It's natural for him to love us. It is the things of this world that separate us from God that makes us feel like we don't deserve that love. It's not for us. We're not worthy of it. Or it's so foreign to us that we can't even imagine what it would be like. But I would encourage you, as you are listening to this, to just yield to God. And just yield and say, I want all of you. If you really feel that in your heart and know that in your heart, tell him, I want all of you. I want the fullness. I want to be born in a day from salvation to being spirit-filled, to being filled with your love and letting that love flow through me and in me and out of me. And just yield and just relax into the presence of God and see what he does. Amen to that. Wouldn't that be a better world? Absolutely. God in us, the hope of glory. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us. Mm -hmm. And what will happen to us if we're in the grave and Jesus Christ shouts from above? Mm. You know, it's all about being filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you become a manifestation or a revealing of who God is. And people get to see Jesus. People get to see the unseen God in you. Mm -hmm. And if a picture is worth a thousand words, what is a living, breathing person who mm -hmm. looks like God and acts like God? That is a strong testimony. And you don't even have to tell people. They know there's something yeah. different. Those who have ears to hear, those who have a desire to seek God and to see God, look at you and they say, what is it? Tell me, please. I used to go to places and people look at me and say, don't I know you? 
No, I've never been here before. No, I, I, I've seen you someplace before. It was just happening everywhere I went. And I finally understood that they were seeing God in me. They knew God, and then they sensed God when they was mm-hmm. there, and it was like an old friend. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody they'd seen before. You know, none of this is about our ego. None of this is about grandizing ourselves. All we need do is allow God to be himself through us. He's already great. (laughs) And if we allow Jesus to be seen, Jesus in us and through us will do great things. He promised that to us. He used to go around healing the sick and raising the dead and preaching the good news to people, but he was going to go away. And so he ordained his disciples to go and do the same. And that's exactly what they did. In fact, it got so powerful that the mere shadow of Peter falling on a sick person would heal them. I mean, that is just God. Mm -hmm. There is nothing in us that can do anything supernatural. Only God can do supernatural through us. This nation born in a day, this is an amazing revelation because we're not going to have to work at being spirit-filled. We're not going to have to work at being filled with the love of God. It will just happen. It'll be an experience such as the world has never seen since the walking of Christ on this earth. Jesus is who we are about to see. Everything that he was like, we shall become. That is what the scriptures say. And that is a great future. You know, if all this terrible stuff that's going on in the world, that is not a net negative for us. It may be for them. But the track that God has us on is a blessing. And even in the midst of this darkness, even in the midst of wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in diverse places, of plagues, of famine, That doesn't mean that we have to look at the future with trepidation and fear. What sinks everyone else ends up raising us up to heaven. And when we are in alignment in his will, he blesses our actions. And we can be in the middle of a famine. And God will send a prophet and all our jars of oil are full. Or our meal never runs out. We have a few loaves of fishes. We feed 5,000. If we are sick, those who have the gift of faith lay hands on us and we are healed. All those things that the natural people fear, God overcomes by his great sovereign presence in our lives. And the more that we connect by the Holy Spirit, the more that we become one in him, the more his power flows. You see, Jesus had all the fullness of the Godhead indwelling in him bodily. But he says, it's expedient that I go away, for if I don't go away, the Comforter will not come. There is no way that God was leaving Jesus while I was here on earth. But when he left, Jesus was able to shed the Holy Spirit upon those who asked for that Mm -hmm. free gift. Mm -hmm. So now that same Spirit that dwell in Christ now lives in us. But as a body of Christ, not as a single individual. And so thus, the more we come together, the more we become one in him, 
the more we are allowing Jesus to put us with the people that God wants us to be with, the more he is seen because all those pieces that are distributed among us come together and make a whole, which is a manifestation of Jesus Christ through his body. This is what we're doing. This is why we're talking to you. Just like Jesus said, it's a good thing that I go away because there's something greater coming. Yeah. That was very difficult for the disciples to understand. How can it possibly be good that you're going away? You're the best thing that's ever happened to us. And if you leave here, we won't have your teaching. We won't have your provision. We won't have your protection. What's going to happen? There's no way we can do this without you. But he said, it's for your good that I go away because I'm going to send the Spirit. They didn't understand what that meant. There are Old Testament stories of the Holy Spirit coming on people for a particular reason and then lifting off. That's all that they ever knew of the Holy Spirit. And probably most of those just heard about it and didn't experience it. But when Jesus left and sent his spirit, then it fell on each of them. And not just here and there as needed, but to live in us. The temple of God is now in people, yes. which is the first step to the greatest fulfillment, which he speaks in Revelation that says, now the dwelling place of God is with man. We have a measure of his spirit in our bodies as much as we will yield, but there will come a time when we will be completely consumed by him and him by us. And... It's greater. The steps going closer and closer to God are greater and greater, even though they may contain things that we don't understand. When people are filled with the Spirit of God and learn to speak in tongues, it's not a learning per se. It's a yielding. And it's just exactly. allowing yourself to do what you feel the Holy Spirit is moving you to do. It's the exact same way with God's love. You can't learn it. There's no particular way that you, someone can tell you, this is what it should look like. This is what you will feel. This is what you will think. Because for everyone, it's different. For some people, they need to know that love for themselves before they can even consider anybody to be a good person. For some people, they need to know that love so they can consider themselves to be a good person. We're so hard on ourselves. Think about the way that you talk to yourself throughout the day. Whether you call yourself by your name or whether you just say, oh, I should have done this or I should do this. If you would ever step back and really listen to the thoughts that go on in your head and the things that you say to yourself, think about, would you allow someone in your life that talked to you that way? If someone was constantly griping at you for what you did and complaining, I didn't do this right, you didn't do this right, you forgot to do this again, and you ate too much today, and, oh, you didn't exercise, you're just really messing everything up. If there's a person like that that was actually speaking to you, you'd say, hey, 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 you're not good for my life. I don't want you speaking all this negativity to me. Right. But yet we put up with it in our own minds, thinking that that's natural, that we're supposed to do that because we're not supposed to have an opinion of ourselves that's too high. But when we experience the love of God, those voices inside you begin to change. Those voices inside you begin to view yourself and speak to yourself with compassion and speak to yourself with understanding and give yourself grace and know that your value is not based on how you look or how much money you make or how old you are or how young you are or how many friends you have or what your occupation is. It's not based on anything except the fact that God sees you and loves your essence. The essence of who you are, God adores and when you recognize that, it changes the way you see yourself and automatically starts to change the way you see other people. That's the greater thing that God wants to move us on from. After salvation, after being filled with the Spirit, He wants us to know His love in that intimate way where we have that intimate connection with God that changes how we see ourselves, changes how we see Him, and then ultimately changes how we see everyone. And we become 
the fullness of God. Like you said, when we come together in connection with who yes. God has for us, we love them, they love us. There's a beauty there that we can't experience without the presence of God. And God's light shines brighter on this earth. And yielding to God is what's going to achieve for us what we need to achieve and take us to that place in his heart where we experience his love. Yielding is going to allow us to be the fullness of what we are called to be and to receive from God everything that he has for us. It's not a striving, it's just a yielding. It's a sitting and listening. I mean, receiving God's love is something you can do no matter what you're doing throughout the day. If you have to be busy working, taking care of children, doing a job, you can ask God to fill you with his love and then you see through his eyes the way you should see the things around you. When you sit quietly in his presence and listen, God's voice is usually very soft, but his spirit can be felt when we pay attention and look for it and ask for it and just relax into what his spirit wants to do so we can receive from him everything that he has for us. It's meant for all of us. And if you feel like it's not for you and you're poo-pooing this idea or thinking, oh, that's great, but I really don't want to have anything to do with that, you are missing out on what you are actually created in your DNA to receive. Exactly. It takes God to reveal what's really going on. People are going to love each other. They're going to hug and kiss. They're going to sit next to each other. They're going to spend time walking with each other. And they're going to experience a real love for each other. But it's a love from above that is devoid of sinful thoughts. There is no way you want to go and defile the holy thing that is happening between you. You just want God to keep flowing because it feels so good. Because when God comes, shame leaves. Those fig leaves that we've worn for so long get put aside. Why? Because we're not ashamed anymore. Because our God is filling us. As the Spirit of God comes back into us, and we become one with God again, and God places us into that special position of being His manifestation, His image and likeness on earth, that shame will naturally leave because we'll be complete once again. That's something that we need to keep in mind that's very difficult for us to wrap our brains around is that Adam and Eve were created and before sin came in, they didn't wear clothes. And that wasn't because of sexuality and it wasn't because of sin. It was because of innocence. There was no shame. There was nothing wrong with being fully vulnerable and fully exposed to one another because there was nothing but love flowing between them we become less and less vulnerable to people that we don't feel safe with, that we don't feel like are accepting of us, that we feel like are critical of us, or people that we think might hurt us, or people that we don't want to be around. We save being vulnerable and exposed for those that we care about, that we trust, that we want to share ourselves with. But the breakdown between people came as a result of sin. Exactly. We don't know how this is all going to play out. But we do know it's going to be very different than the way things are right now. Yeah. And we can just prepare ourselves to accept what God does. There was a situation in my life this week that I was saying, Lord, how am I going to do this? You know, it just seems so impossible. And I was consternating about it and trying to think of a way around it and over it and through it. And there was none. And then I decided to be vulnerable and decided to say, okay, let's just talk about this. And you know what? There was nothing there. And I thought, I did all this worrying for nothing. Did all this 
figuring on something that didn't come to pass. In fact, what God had was better. And I couldn't see it. And because my natural mind couldn't understand it, I felt badly. And this is what is happening in so many of our lives. We can't see a way forward. But you don't have to understand to obey God. No, you don't. In fact, sometimes that gets in the way. Exactly. You know, you don't have to understand how you're going to get there to go in that direction. And what I would leave you with this week is trust God. Don't trust me. Don't trust Christy. Don't trust others. Trust the guy who made you. Just trust that he has good things in store for you if you obey his voice and trust his word. And his word is more than written in the pages of the Bible. It's what he speaks to you on a daily basis. The Bible is the big picture. What you need is some specific direction today. Mm -hmm. And if you will just put your natural mind on the shelf and say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do right now? I guarantee you God will speak to you. God will direct you personally because he cares. And if you will have the audacity to trust him and do what he says, when he says to do it, with whomever he says to do it with, you will see miracles in your life. And God will do things that you could not imagine happening Mm -hmm. just two weeks ago. God is a good God. Yes, he is. Very good. He has good things in store for you. The only reason you're suffering is you're going your own way and your own reason. But if you change that out for his way and his reason, things will start to go right. They really do. Every time I look at the clock these days, it says 11-11. <laughs> and it happens so frequently that I say, okay, what are you trying to say to me? What he's trying to say is that you are in alignment with me. Mm. And he's saying it over and over. And because I say yes to him, even when I don't understand him, he's able to move me out of my rut and into the lane that he has prepared for me from the foundation of the world. And that's why things align. And he can do that with you too. You can listen to God. I encourage you to unbow yourself, look up, for your redemption draws nigh. God is coming. And for those who will say yes to his Holy Spirit, he has a boatload of blessings in store for you. Mm, That's right. Amen? Amen. Thank you again for sticking with us to the end of our podcast. Thank you for listening. We love you. But wait, first, a word from our sponsor. Christ Church of the Superficial. You gotta see us pray. Christ Church of the Superficial. Come be a member today. And now, coming to you live from that cathedral built for ten, the Righteous Brethren. How are you? I am the Righteous Reverend of the First Church of the Superficial, where we are increased with goods and have need of practically nothing. Amen? I am just so blessed today. It's been a wonderful week at the First Church of the Superficial, and I'm just amazed, you know, the bigger that we build, the more righteous we seem. And I think I should do righteous reverend 24-7 feed. I could do like an unreality show. I think that what we should do is an unreality show of the righteous reverend, and I could just have all these cameras on me all the time, and 
Even when I'm sitting eating toast, you can see what I'm doing and be blessed. Wow, that's amazing. I think I'll do that. I'll, I'll put that over to Gloria and she'll get right on it. Amen. It's been Righteous Moment with the Righteous Reverend. Be blessed. Let God do amazing things in the next seven days yeah. and listen to his voice. You'll come to know God in a way that you never expected. And he loves you and he wants you to experience that love. And we encourage you to take him at his word and open yourself up to it. Amen. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, I have... <sighs> oh, no. Gloria, will you get that phone? Really, I'm doing a sermon here. People are listening to my every word. Thank you, dear.